Everyone. This morning, uh, I don't have a wireless mic, so hopefully I remember to hold this in the right place the entire time. Uh, hey, I just, uh, just wanted to just, uh, just welcome all of you here uh, to Church in the Valley. My name is Jeep Underwood. I'm the campus pastor here. That's a recent development. If you, uh, <laughs> if you just are joining us for the first time, uh, really, uh, really just excited about uh, being here today. And we're, we're, today we're going to be con- continuing a, a series that we started last week on perspective. You know, just knowing what's really going on in the world so that you can line up with it. And we're really walking through some foundational aspects of just how life works. We're looking at what God desires for our lives and for our community. And we're, we're looking at how we as a church can really participate with God in what he's doing in, in the world. So that's, that's kind of like the, the big broad strokes of what we're doing in this series. Now last week, last week we looked at this idea that all of us have this reality grid that we filter everything in life through to see if it makes sense or not to us. And how crucial it is that our reality grid really be lined up with what the scriptures say. And how, how really, uh, the scriptures are really, uh, they're very, uh, you can really count on them. They're really, they're really accurate. This week, we're going to be looking at how crucial it is to understand, how crucial it is to understand reality that we really know the one who created reality, that we really get to know God. Um, let's take a look at uh, John 17.3. Um, this is some words of Jesus, and he equated, he equated uh, knowing God with really what eternal life is. He said, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God. And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Knowing God is at the center of the eternal kind of life that God really wants for us now. It's really at the very center of what it is we're to be about, is really get to know God. So this morning, I just wanted to give you, kind of tell you a little bit about my journey, uh, just, uh, through time. You know, I was born at a very young age. No, I'm not, I'm not going to start there. Uh, but you know, I grew up, I grew up in the church and, uh, and uh, I had a, you know, had a, had a good, had a good upbringing and a good uh, background there. But it wasn't until I was about 14 years old, I was 14 years old. I wasn't about 14 years old when I when I committed my life to Christ and I really made Him the boss of my life. I uh, remember it very well. It was a big moment for me, and uh, and it was just it was like big time stuff for me. But then, you know, for several years, I really kind of floundered around. I didn't really, uh, I didn't really understand. I had lots of questions and. And, uh, and I wasn't really pursuing much, but I, I, I would read the Bible kind of recreationally. Like, I love history. I love history. So I would read all, you know, First Kings, Second Kings, all these, all these Old Testament books about history, and I'd get, I just would really enjoy reading those. I'd read that. And then, uh, I also went to a Christian school since when, when I was about six, uh, sixth grade. And then all the way through twelfth grade. And so I remember this one time, because I like to read the history stuff in the Bible. They had a big competition. We had a, we had a, we had a chapel service every week. And they had this big competition. They put all the classes against each other, the freshmen and the sophomores, the juniors and the seniors. And I was a junior and uh, they selected a few people, a couple of people from each group. And so the freshman went first and he answered a couple of questions and then he said he missed one, sat down and they had this box that was just full of these pieces of paper with questions on them. And, then the sophomore, you know, they got up, they answered a couple questions, they put it down. And then I stood up, and it was my turn, and so I went up there, and they started asking me questions, and they were all history-based questions. 
And man, I just kept knowing all the answers, you know, uh, different kinds of answers and, you know, uh, who got hung in a tree by his hair and was killed with darts, you know, Absalom. How do you know that? So, um, I emptied the box and it's kind of like it kind of ruined the competition. It's like, all right, juniors won, seniors, you play next year, you know. So, uh, but, but the thing is this, the thing is this. Well, actually my, my Bible teacher came and he goes, Jeep, I had no idea you understood anything about the Bible. <laughs> and uh, if you saw my grapes, you'd understand his confusion. But uh, but then, uh, you know, it was, there were some questions that I was really struggling with then. There were some questions I was really struggling with then, and they weren't in that box. And if those questions had been in that box, I would have had to sit down because I didn't know the answer. Some of the questions I had uh, just a few of them was, how can God want a relationship with me when I mess up all the time? That was something just resonated with me. It was something I really struggled with because I just, I knew I didn't measure up. And then I question I had was, will, will God give up on me? Will there come a time when God will just say, that's it. He's done. I used to struggle with that. Um, what did God, what did God want me to do with my life? I didn't, I just really didn't have any much input and I really wasn't seeking a lot of input. And so I went for several years kind of coasting. And then when I was, when I was 26 years old, I, I met some folks. I met some folks that they seemed to know God and they seemed to really have a relationship with Him and they seemed to, they seemed to really know, like really how to relate to Him. And it really intrigued me and I began to connect with them and I began to follow some of their example and I began to connect to the scriptures on my own and I began to make some progress and I began to, I began to make some progress in life. And then, so this is kind of like there's some background leading up to this. I went to a conference in uh, August of 1995, and there was a speaker there. Uh, his name's Louis Giglio, and uh, I, I didn't know who he was at the time, but I, uh, he's kind of a, a kind of a known guy now. But anyway, I go to this conference. And he walks out on stage. I remember there's like 500 of us out there. He walks out on stage, and he has this apple in his hands. And I thought, oh, okay, what's that? And he goes, you know what? I know a lot of things about this apple. Okay. You know, so, uh, it has 80 calories. It's about three and a half inches in diameter. It's, uh, it's red. I'm like, well, this is great. I mean, and, uh, it's a Washington apple and he goes through like all this nutritional information. And I'm thinking, where's he going with this? And then as he talks for a little bit, he takes this apple and he takes a bite and he had a wireless mic on. And so you could, it was like, you know, he's eating it. It sounds like a horse at the trough. He, and he gets done and he goes, you know what? That was a good apple. And he says, you know, there's a huge difference between knowing a lot of things about something and really knowing the thing itself. And I thought, wow. And then he said, you know, it's the same thing with God. He says, you know, you can know a lot of things about God, but until you really know him yourself, you really don't know, you don't really don't know him. And, uh, it's a very big different thing. And his text that day was Psalm 34, 8. It just says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, taste and see. So he said, I really encourage you to just taste and see that God really is good. And he also just, he, taught, he briefly touched on things like how God had been pursuing me my whole life to have a relationship with me. And he had some, he had some uh, scriptures that he shared with us. And my heart just, just resonated with what he was sharing because it was like, it's like I almost came out of a cocoon, kind of like, this is what I've been looking for. This is what I've been looking for. 
And then it was the end of the talk. And he said, you know, if you're interested, he said, come back to the next session tomorrow night. And we're going to talk. If you're interested in knowing God, we're going to talk tomorrow night. A little bit more about that. And I, I thought, man, I don't know if anybody else is coming, but I'm going to be there. And so I went the next night. And, and when he, he, he began to talk, he says, if you're really interested in getting to know God, he said, I want to challenge you to something. He says, I want to challenge you to a 28-day journey with God. And he said, what that is, what that's going to be is for 28 days that you spend time every day in his word relating with him and getting to know him. And he said, what I, he suggested you start like in the Psalms and he said, read one or two Psalms a day and then just read it and see what kind of bubbles up and what character of attribute of God that kind of comes out of what you read and, and really relate to God on that and relate like, what would it be like if you were like that, uh, as a person and, and just be, just relate to God on that attribute. And then this is the thing I'd never done before in my life. He said, pull out your journal, pull out a notebook and just write down some of your thoughts. And, uh, and I remember just thinking, you know what? I want to find out if this is real. I want to find out if this is really true. And I came, I left there and I thought, I am determined to find out. I got 28 days. You know, I'm going to be 28 days older anyway. So I, I thought, I'm, I'm going to find out. And so I, I did that. So I remember getting the first morning. I remember getting up about 5.30, so I get go do it before work. And I uh, had a, got a notebook, had a pen, and uh, I read Psalm 1. And I read Psalm 1, and then I remember writing down. I remember writing some things, and I thought, I remember what I wrote. I wrote something like, God, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I've never done anything like this in my life. But I read Psalm 1 today, and here's some thoughts I had. And I began doing that. And, and, I, and I began to do that every day. Now, there's some days I'm sure I missed. And one thing the speaker said, he said, you know, if you miss a few days, you know, this isn't a metric you're trying to hit. This is someone you're trying to get to know. So just pick up where you left off. And keep meeting with God. And so I did that. And, you know, about day 16, 17, or 18, I completely lost track. And I've been on that journey ever since. And it's made all the difference in my life. Um, you know, I'll, uh, I'll never be the same. There is something about being up here, I think, that uh, causes problems. Um, <laughs> But, uh, and so, you know, as I began to pursue God that way, you know, I got through the Psalms, I started going different places, and my questions started getting answered. Um, like in John, John 10, 27 through 30, it, uh, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish. No one can take them out of my hand. My uh, my Father, who is greater than all, has given them to me, and no one can take them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. And I just began to have just stability of knowing that that I was secure in Him, and that He was never going to give up on me. And then, just real quick, another thing that about a year and a half later, I was at a retreat uh, in Colorado Springs. I was a uh, spring break retreat with uh, USC, well, a part of their ministry then. I remember being, we went up into the hills of this mountain and uh, with a couple of friends and looking down over this valley and I was just reading Deuteronomy chapter 5. And Deuteronomy chapter 5 verses 28 and 29, uh, God just says this to Moses. He says, he's, he said, he's talking about the people of Israel and he says, they have, uh, I have heard the words that they have spoken and they've done well in all that they have spoken. He says, oh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always. 
for then it would be well with them and with their sons forever. And the, what really struck me was that phrase, oh, that they had such a heart in them. And I, I remember closing my Bible and looking down over the valley going, God is longing for me to pay attention and to listen to what he says because there's a life he wants for me if I'll just, if I'll just cooperate with him. And I, I had never had that thought that God longed for me to relate to him and longed for me to, uh, to really listen to him and do what he said. And for me, that was, uh, that was a real turning point in, in my walk with God and my understanding of what he wanted to do with the scriptures in my life. So when you, when you really begin to know that God cares about you and that he's been pursuing you your whole life and you, and he's longing for you to pursue a relationship with him, that's a real game changer. That's a real game changer. Uh, in fact, it, it, what it does is it moves you toward God in such a way that you're really willing to turn around from the way you were going and really go his way, and uh, which the scriptures call that repentance. And I think that's what Paul had in mind when he, he wrote uh, Romans 2.4. It just says it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. And uh, so what, I want to, what I'd like to do now is I'd like to just kind of walk through like just some thoughts on, well, how do you practically get to know God? And I got three Ps because it's always better if you alliterate. Um, uh, passion, we're going to look at passion, priority, and perspective. And the first two are what caused the third. And so we're going to take a look at these one at a time. Uh, let's look at passion, and let's look at Jeremiah 20, 29, 11, 13. What God says here, he says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. You know, you see there, God just has this real desire that we really have a good life. And he, he, just, he has a dream for that. But there's really a personal responsibility part of this. He says, when you search for me with all your heart, then you'll find me. It's a promise. God made a promise. You will find me if you search for me with all your heart. And so that's we want to pursue him with real passion. When, you're, when your vision of your need for God and his desire, and you also see his desire for you, it really compels you to really want to connect with him. Now, I'd like to just, just share something real quick, and that is, you know, we just we got out of a drought not very long ago, and I think we might be going back into another drought because this sure hasn't rained in a while. Uh, but I don't know about you, you go down the streets and you see all these dead lawns. Like our street, it just looks like, uh, it looks, it looks kind of horrible. It used to look nice, but now it's be- not beautiful at all. Our backyard took a real big hit. This is our backyard, uh, a little, about just almost a year ago. It's very beautiful. You know, you go out there, you just enjoy it. But um, <laughs> over on this side, now he's like, Jeep, why are you taking pictures of your backyard? Well, I've been told that if you water a dead lawn, it'll come back. And I'm like one of those guys who likes to verify things. And I wanted some photo documentation, so I just went. And uh, I started watering. For about a month, I just tried to consistently water the lawn. And uh, after about a month, go to the next slide. This is what it looked like. This side... It looked like some progress was being made, although not nearly as much as I hoped. And this side, no matter how much I watered it, I even watered it extra. I had these little tufts of grass, little, little bits of green, and it just looked like, you know, a wasteland. And I thought, well, it's gone. It's dead. Never coming back. Um, but then it started raining. It started raining, and it rained consistently over about a month. And so I went out there one day, and I took these pictures. 
this side, man, it really filled out. It almost started to look like a lawn. And you know, one more month of rain, it would have been beautiful. <laughs> but it didn't make it. <laughs> but uh, but it really made a difference. And this side that was barren, and I couldn't make anything happen, about half of it started growing green. And I and I just thought, you know, I'm not a scientist. Well, actually, I am an engineer, but um, I'm a I'm an applied scientist. But I don't really understand everything about rain, but I can make this observation that rain is a lot better than a sprinkler. You know, there's something about rain that it's incredibly effective in helping things grow and to really flourish. And so let's take a look at this verse in Hosea 6.3. It says, So let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. His going forth is as certain as the dawn. And he will come to us like the rain, like the spring rain, water in the earth. When we pursue knowing God, that's exactly how it is with us. Is there something about God and His and who He is that it causes us, you know, our lives really begin to flourish? Uh, a stability comes to our lives. There's a real sense of well-being that begins to lock into your life as you really pursue knowing God and get to know Him. And your questions begin to get answered, kind of like the questions I had when I was younger, and I still have questions. Uh, your questions begin to get answered, and then you begin to make real progress in life. There's just a, there's just a real growth that happens as you, as you pursue God. And that's why you just really need to pursue Him with passion. And so I want to take a look at the next, the next P is just priority. I want to look at priority. Um, you have to approach knowing God just like it's something you intend to do. You have to approach it like it's something you intend to do. Um, you know, uh, about a year ago, uh, my boss, uh, at my job, uh, called me into his office, and we had this, I, was, I worked for the Corps of Engineers, for uh, for those of you who don't know. Um, we have this, this thing called, it's called, the, it's a permit program. You have, if you're going to come in, a lot of people want to come in and build stuff around our projects. Well, you got to get permission. And to get permission, you have to prove that it won't hurt our project, that our projects can still uh, operate as flood control facilities. That doesn't sound that complicated, but it gets real complicated. And on top of all that, uh, Congress... Never funded it very well at all. So it's just really had a problem. It's like, it's required, but we don't get money to do it. And this thing just really languished. And for me, it was just one of those things that was on the list of all the things that I needed to try to solve the problem on. And then my boss called me in and he goes, Hey, I want you to, I want you to fix the, the, the permit program. You got to fix it. You know, the colonel's getting calls from congressionals <laughs> asking why this is not done. I said, you got to fix it. And I said, okay. And I started telling, I said, you know what? Uh, there's a real problem with uh, with funding. You know, we can never have the funding. And he said, he looked at me, and he said, I don't care. <laughs> I went, well, there you go. And he says, I want it fixed. I went, well, okay. Well, that kind of settled that. So I, and uh, actually, I respect him for saying that because it kind of cuts through the clouds sometimes to just make a decision. So I walked out. Now, when I walked into his office, the permit program was one of the many priorities hmm, that I had. When I walked out of his office, it was my number one priority. And, and so I got, a, I got a team together, a bunch of really good folks. They did most of the work. And we hammered out. We just went, got a blank piece of paper. Forget everything that happened before. What's the best way to handle this program? Came up with a new system. And behold, we got funded. We actually got money. And because we were ready, we were ready to go. And the funding came in. And the permit program does. It's still hard. still difficult. But it is, it's rocking and rolling a whole lot different now. It's a lot better. Now, when you when you decide you're going to do something, 
things start happening. When you decide that you're going to do something, it becomes your top priority. That thing starts happening because if it's if you consider something important, that's really what gets done, and that's really where this needs to. That's really where knowing God needs to be up in that category of this is really what I'm going to pursue. Uh, in fact, take a look. Your number one priority up on the screen is, you know, it's the pursuit in your life that every other pursuit gives way to. It's the thing that, hey, you're going there, and everything else has to kind of make room for it. That's what your number one priority is. Now, I'd like to move on just to perspective. Now, perspective really is, it's the role, it's a, it's a growing understanding of who God is and what's really happening in the world, and it really, it really begins as you have the passionate pursuit of God and you make it a priority, you begin really connecting with Him. Your perspective begins to really change. Now, it's kind of like, you know, if I, if I were to tell you, you know, so what is it that makes you change? What is it that changes you? If I were to tell you that I wanted to get a suntan, you know, I'm, I want to, I want to go get a suntan. In fact, I've been trying for a month and it isn't working. You'd probably start asking me questions. Well, what are you doing? And I said, well, you know, every day I drive to Venice Beach. I, I, I find a, I, I walk through some of the folks there and then I find a place to put a, put a towel. I get on some, uh, suntan lotion and I just spend about an hour just, you know, just really trying to get a suntan and they go, really? And you don't have one? <laughs> no, I, I don't know what to, and they go, well, when are you going? Oh, well, 10 o'clock at night really is the only time. That I have available. And so, you know, and you go, well, okay, you're an idiot. Okay. So hopefully I wouldn't really tell you I was doing that. But you know what? It's not, it's not the discipline of going to the beach that gets you the suntan. What gets you the suntan is being in the presence of the sun. And so what, what the discipline of, of connecting with God and getting to know Him through the scriptures and, uh, and uh, really getting to know him and, and connecting and understanding what's going on in life, that discipline actually puts you in God's presence as you relate to him, and he's the one who changes you. He's the one that changes your perspective. And in fact, you know, what does that look like? Let's go to the next slide. You know, the setting for perspective change, some of the discipline that, you know, passion and the pursuit of God, what it looks like is just a daily meeting with God and his word. Um Relating with him about what he is showing you about himself and how life works. Just relating with him about that. And memorizing key verses on what he's showing you. Just memorizing things. And, you know, locking those in. And then applying those things to your own life. So just daily meeting with God in his word. Relating with him about what he's showing you. Memorizing some key things that he's showing you so you remember them. And carry those with you. And then applying those things to your real life. Really putting those things into practice then uh, your perspective will really change. Uh, this morning, I want us, I'd like us to li- watch, a, we're going to watch a small clip. Uh, there's, a, there's a gentleman that is a real practitioner of knowing God. Uh, his name was Dallas Willard. Uh, he's a USC professor uh, in philosophy. Uh, he passed away a few years ago. But this is, a, this is an interview that he did. I want us to watch this just for about four minutes. But someone, there's a, there's a, the person that's asking a question has a really good, I think a really good question. He has a really good answer. And so let's watch this clip and then uh, I'll come back and I'll wrap up the talk.
question, Dallas. I, this is one that I'm personally struggling with a lot. I hate to jump to spiritual disciplines right away because I know if we're not careful, that can turn into a legalism. But so we need to understand that disciplines are training versus trying, trying, training us to be like Jesus in your words. I think many of us have that understanding. When we get to the practical element of disciplines and those rhythms in our daily life, it's difficult, especially in America today. And my wife and I just had a, we have a, a one and a half year old, and then she's pregnant again. And so, so that's especially, wonderful. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, but, that's wonderful. Uh, but, and, and it is a blessing, but I know a lot of parents in particular wonder, where do I find the time? Mm-hmm. You know, I go to work all day and then I come home and the kids are screaming and they change the diapers and it's nine o'clock and they're in bed and I'm exhausted. I think a really practical question that a lot of moms and dads are wondering is, what's a good way? Do you have, do you have anything you can speak into that for us who are frustrated and want to do more, but are having a tough time finding the time? Well, no, that's really, I think, where the battle sets in. And uh, the first thing you have to be willing to do is to plan for some significant time to come to understand why you don't have enough time to do the things that are good for you. See. Uh, you have to say, I am going to figure this out. There is a reason. A part of it is theological. You have to ask yourself questions like, does God ever give anyone too much to do? What do you think about that? Now, I'm inclined to think that he doesn't. So if I have too much to do, then the question is, where did that come from? How about me? Why do I do that? Who am I trying to please? What are the desires that I am following? And that's where uh, you have to find the time to begin to seriously look at the causes of your behavior. Now, if it's a one and a half year old baby, you don't want to throw that out. That's a keeper. Uh, But the problem is to locate the resources. And that may be sharing life with other people. And one of the things that makes it so hard on families now is we normally don't have others in our house to help us. For most of our history, we have had what what now is called multi-generational homes, where you have people at various levels, and useless people like grandparents. (laughs) And uh, so we now have to rethink that. How did we get the situation? Why do we live in the arrangements that we do? And that's where the work of examination to find the causes. Now that's going to challenge your faith because perhaps you are devoted to success. 
and success in some professions, like accountant, lawyer, and so on, will eat you alive. And so then you have to decide whether or not that is an objective for you to give your life to. And Lord knows today ministers are often eaten alive by the need to succeed. And so we all have to look at that issue. What is success in human life? All right. I could just keep listening to that because he is, he is a wise individual. Um, you know, one thing, one thing that Dallas said is you really just have to, you need to really identify what, uh, what's the thing that you're pursuing? What's the thing that's, what, the, what are the desires that you're, that's warring within you? You know, just really kind of, and take some time to really figure out what is it that I personally am really giving my life to? What am I pursuing? And then, and then decide, uh, how you can reorient that. Uh, you know, to make pro, you know, really to get to know God, you have to have a whatever it takes kind of mentality. It's a whatever it takes. Uh, and really make that the one pursuit that all the other pursuits give way to. And, you know, just spend some time just identifying. That's something I would suggest for each one of us. I think each one of us just needs to spend some time, just identify, you know, what are the pursuits that are really competing, uh, for God with me in my life? You know, it might be, it might be success, like what, uh, Dallas was talking about. It might be money relationships, uh, you know, a guy or a gal, um, could be possessions, your career, maybe status, just, uh, it might be, you know, what is it, what is it that you're, that you're currently just pursuing and it's everything else is given way to. And then I'd like to take a look, uh, as we wrap up the talk, uh, look at Philippians 3, 7 and 8. Now this is Paul. He just, he just got done t- saying all the status that he had. He was a Pharisee. He was like a leader. He, he, he was like a Pharisee's Pharisee. And, uh, and then he said this. He said, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Paul looked at, he looked at everything else. He looked at knowing God because he had begun to know God and begin to see the value of it. He's like, man, nothing even comes close. And so he decided uh, that he was going to he was going to pursue knowing Christ as the ultimate uh, priority in his life. So as we as we uh, as we end up today, I want to, you know, each one of us, each one of us this morning have two roads that are in front of us. One is it's the road of pers- the pursuit of knowing God that we've been talking about. The other the other road is the pursuit of whatever is competing with God in our lives. It's like two two different roads. And, you know, the path, the path towards knowing God is not very crowded. There's not a lot of people on that. Uh, it's, uh, it's really very much less traveled. And so I think of the words of Robert Frost when he said, two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and it's made all the difference. And I would just encourage each one of us to choose that less traveled path and to make all the difference in our lives. So with that, I'd just like to ask, i ask the band to come back up, and, uh, and then I'm going to give some few next steps, and then uh, I'll be praying and we'll continue on with the service. Um, you know, maybe, maybe for you as you've been hearing this, maybe for you, uh, next step is just to, to do whatever it takes to pursue knowing God through the Scriptures. The things that we talked about is it's something to get launched in uh, or to continue. And then maybe, maybe for you, um, you know, memorizing 
verses that have that you've that have really impacted you, but and remind you of who God is and what He's like, and His care about you. And then you know maybe maybe for you maybe it's you know what you just need to get some time away or just really kind of just think through what am I pursuing, and really just do some evaluation and figure things out. And I tell you, well, great opportunity this women's retreat that's coming up. It's a great opportunity to get away from your everything you always have to do and get some time to think. So I'd really encourage you to consider that. Let me pray. Dear God, Father, uh, just very grateful to you for uh, the life that you've given us. And God, I just am so grateful that you really have been pursuing each one of us. And I pray that you'd put in each of our hearts to respond to you and to pursue you back. And God, that you would really uh, help us to really know you in reality. In Jesus' name, amen.